All right. So let's look at the uh, impeachment uh, and what we expect to be happening this week and the next couple of months. And then we're going to go into some of the transcripts. We're about to get into the, you know, Thanksgiving is coming up. We're about to lose ourselves in the holidays. So let me just plan out your nightmare. wonderful, doesn't it? Uh, over the past year. <laughs> lose ourselves in the holidays. I know. I love that. I know. <sighs> I want to be allowed to lose myself in the holiday. Me too. I'm uh, going to. This comes from CNN, which you might mm-hmm. say, oh, it's CNN, fake news. But mm. they do seem to be almost like planning the impeachment hearings on the air. So they have a pretty good sense <laughs> as to when things are going to happen. Here's what Nancy Pelosi is <laughs> going to say today because we told her. So, so, so far we have uh, transcripts uh, from the inquiry of about 2,700 pages of transcripts. Uh, we have Fiona Hill, George Kent, Michael McKinley, Gordon Sondland, Bill Taylor, uh, Alexander Vindman, Colt Volker, and Mary Yovanovitch. She was the uh, the ambassador. Mm-hmm. So we still have Christopher Anderson, Laura Cooper, Catherine Croft, David Hale, uh, Tim Morrison, Philip Reeker, Jennifer Williams to be released. So we still don't have about half of the transcripts of the behind-the-scenes stuff they've already done okay so that's step one that's at some point these things will start uh trickling out and we'll get all of them wednesday is a big day for a few different reasons number one there's a big special on blaze tv you should go to blaze tv.com use the promo code gb20 off get 20 percent off your subscription uh helps support these things and it's about the impeachment we'll get into the the exact details as to what we're going to cover with this special on wednesday uh, but you can get it for free on YouTube. You can share it on YouTube and, and all these other places. But certainly your subscription is is welcome uh, to support all of these efforts. That is one thing. On the other side is the first uh, live testimony we're going to get in public. This is going to come from uh, Kent and Taylor. Now, Taylor is one of the, uh, he's the former ambassador, uh, top U.S. diplomat in Ukraine. He's one of the guys that was texting about Basically, there was a quid pro quo. He's mm-hmm. one of their one of their star witnesses, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also uh, Kent, who is really critical of the president. So they're leading with some of their best material here. Um, this is November 13th, which is Wednesday. Uh, then on Friday, you're you're going to get testimony from Yovanovitch. She is the former uh, ambassador to Ukraine. Uh, and was fired basically by the Trump administration. She's the ambassador that everyone said. Uh, was stopping uh, any investigations by the Ukrainians into government, U.S. government officials, uh, into uh, the anti-corruption bureau, uh, into anything doing with George Soros, anything having to do with Burisma, stopping all investigations and stopping any information coming into the United States. She wouldn't provide visas nor deliver any information from the uh, prosecutor general in Ukraine. That's pretty significant. Of course, now they don't, you know, they don't talk about that. But Maybe uh, they will. I mean, this is a chance for Republicans to ask some questions, too. Now, next week is another week, they believe, of live testimony. And what's fascinating to me about this is next week, is next week... Uh, I'm trying. I'm losing track of my weeks here. How many weeks until actually Thanksgiving? Is it uh, two, two weeks? So two free weeks before mm. the Thanksgiving week. Mm-hmm. You are really bumping up against the holidays here with your live testimony. It's probably the last week where your people are really going to pay all that much attention to this. 
at least on the top of their news cycle. People drift in and out around the holidays. They're going to Christmas parties. They're going to you know Thanksgiving dinners, gatherings, all these things. News, we know this from years and years and years of experience. The, the marketplace for news drifts off a little bit in December. So it's weird to place things that you want attention on in December if you can help it. Well, you would make sure that you lead with the with the ones that you think are the safest and the ones that are going to make it through any kind of cross-examination. Mm-hmm. You do that this week. Then you go with your second tier next week, and then after that it doesn't matter. Like eventually they just start, Michael Avenatti starts bringing people in, and then you know yeah. they're almost done. Yeah, they're they almost done. Then they're, they're, they're like, <laughs> whatever. Because the people are like, yeah, yeah, how many days till Christmas? I got to get some shopping done. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so the, the next two weeks of live testimony, then we go on to Thanksgiving week where they're sure to take a break, mm-hmm. you know, vacation time. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they come back, and they, there's a funding. And it's a, the government needs to be funded, uh, which is you know, your typical debate that would highlight and, and be the first thing people will be talking about in the news yeah but um, again the way, why did they put it at this time of the year mm-hmm. yeah it, it disappears bury it it disappears uh then you have um then you have the december so what the rest of the schedule is so after we get all of these all this testimony done the house goes and they come up with you know their charges of impeachment if there are any because who knows maybe they'll decide there aren't there's nothing you did nothing wrong mm-hmm. i mean i know this is a fair and open process and maybe they'll just decide you know what looks like the president was clean here maybe that will happen but likely they'll go back and come up with articles of impeachment if they do that they think they will have a committee report uh and vote on the first week of december as early as the first week of december um and that is, uh, you have the votes then the next week. So you have the the reports, the the charges, the hearings, then the vote the next week, which would be uh, probably December sixteenth. They think again, you're now in the mid. I mean, who is paying attention to the news on December sixteenth? Right? Like this is no it's bizarre. Now no I will one. say the Clinton test, the Clinton impeachment vote did happen on December nineteenth, nineteen ninety eight. So it's not the first time this has happened at this sort of time period. Um, but it is sort of in the middle of the Christmas holiday, and this would be the type of thing. Now, they're not committing to that timeline, but that's basically what you're looking at. They're saying now they think they're going to get a vote done completely by the end of the year. I mean, it's it's optimistic, I think, for them. I mean, if you don't think there's going to be twists and turns in this well, thing. I mean, here's, I- the, here's the thing I'm con- I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that the GOP is not going to allow it to proceed to the Senate. And I think that is a massive, massive mistake. You, you you're, cannot. You're sure about that? Yeah. You can't. You cannot. You have to start playing offensively. Mm-hmm. This is they're putting us into a defensive mode. Play offense. Good. We've got some things we'd like to introduce uh, to the American people as well. Uh, we've got our own uh, witnesses to call. We have our own pieces of evidence uh, to bring in. And they want to do that. They want to bring people like Hunter Biden in to testify. Right. But they think the Democrats are going to block that from happening. Well, you can do that. I believe you can do that in the House. But I don't believe you can do that in the Senate mm-hmm. because the Senate the president has a right. He has his, his own attorney, mm-hmm. so he has defense. So he can bring up all of the stuff that he said in the phone call. Hey, you know, I want to know about uh, the corruption with the election tampering. 
I want to know what was happening uh, with Burisma. I want to know what was happening with our $7 billion. They do not want that to come up. And so far, I don't know why, but so far, you don't have a lot of uh, Republicans talking about this. Yeah, they've got to go on the offense. I think a lot of Republicans think that's not the offense, though. They think that giving into a Senate trial is giving it too much credibility. I tend to agree with you. Blow it out of the water. Yeah, because here's what you think. Again, these things are tough to predict, but I mean, generalizing here. What's going to happen is the Democrats in the House are going to bring out their best evidence. And there's not really going to be a chance to push back on other types of related issues in public uh, because that's not the way it's formatted. So that's, this is why they like it, right? They get all the bad stuff out. They don't have to deal with the other stuff. And it goes uh, to the end of the year. They get the impeachment vote. And they can tell all of their people that, yeah, we got that done. All the senators, you know, and, and they can all brag about how their party is the one that was able to impeach Donald Trump for the primary. And then it goes to the Senate, and if Mitch McConnell says, you know what, this is nothing, and this is, this is just political, and we're not going to talk about it, then they have that argument of, this is the first time in history, which it would be, that the Senate did not take up an impeachment that was done in the House. Uh, it, is, it, was, it would be one of those things where they would have an argument that say, essentially, the, the Republicans are just ignoring all the bad things that they're doing. If you, bring, if you have the trial, it's not like the, the, the Democrats are going to come up with additional information on this they're going to blow it all here on this impeachment thing so you're going to get a rehash of all the stuff we've already heard and then additional evidence of all the things that the republicans can talk about that they can't get away with talking about in the house not to mention that it will pull all of the senators that are presidential candidates off of the campaign and they will I think hate it, is. it i think this is i think this is just destruction i think if every single senator stands up from the Republican side, this is nothing but a circus. This is a waste of American time and American money. But the American people need to know what the Democrats are willing to do to overthrow a duly elected president. So I vote bring it on. If they approach it that way, and every single one of them, when they are voting... Say that. Don't just say yay. Don't say yay. Say, damn right, bring it on. You have to have, because what will happen is, just a vote, they'll say, oh my gosh, 60 Republicans think this should be looked into as well. No, no, no. All of them need to be in lockstep. This is a trial that is going to reveal the truth, not about what happened on that phone call, because we all know that's a farce. We are only voting yes, so the president has a right to defend himself to show exactly what the DNC has been doing, what Hillary Clinton's role was in collusion with Ukraine. You want to bring it up? You want to expose? You want to you want to have an honest conversation, Democrats? Bring it on! Hmm. And and what and what are the what are the Democrats going to bring to the table there? They're going to be able to bring up the third time we've heard testimony from Taylor. Yeah, I, I, like right. a, what, what are you what are you going to go to there? Right. I when mean, when you see, Stu, when you see what the special is this Wednesday, 
the evidence that we have. Look at just the evidence that we have. We have two people that were convicted for working with the DNC and Hillary Clinton in collusion with the Ukrainian government to thwart our election. They've already been convicted. We have the tape of them admitting it. You're not seeing that anywhere, are you? It's high time the American people see it. And the president can use it in his defense because it's not unrelated. It's not unrelated. That's what he was talking about in the phone call. Mm -hmm. And all of those people, when he says, look, there are some people that were involved here, and I think they're still around you. All of the names that we have on the chalkboard, fair game. If they're making it about the phone call, it opens up the door for all of it to be exposed. And on Wednesday, you'll see how deep this thing goes. We thought this was about Ukraine until we were doing the special, the last special, and we were doing research and we came across a name and it popped up in one of the hearings. And we're like, oh my gosh, wait until you see. I like to call it the Democrats Hydra. That's Wednesday, 8 p.m. Don't miss it. You can save 20 bucks by using the promo code uh, uh, GB20OFF by going to blazetv.com slash back. Use the promo code GB20OFF. You'll save 20 bucks. We ask you to sub- subscribe because it helps us pay for these kind of investigations, which are extraordinarily time-consuming and extraordinarily expensive. Um, so we're asking that you would subscribe, but I want you to know we're making it free on YouTube and Facebook so everyone can see it. So you now have to do your work and tell all of your friends, you got to watch Wednesday. Watch Wednesday, the Democrats' hydra. What's really happening and why the president should go on the offensive because it's not going to just take down Joe Biden. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. This takes down all of it, including things that people who voted for Barack Obama wanted to stop. This one opens up the entire can of worms. Join us Wednesday. Okay, we have a ton of newly released Freedom of Information Act stuff that we are going to go over on Wednesday's show. We have tons of evidence and documents on the Democrats' new Hydra. But let me show you some of the uh, players. Now, uh, Lieutenant Colonel Vinman, he's the guy who replaced the whistleblower. Remember when they were like, oh, we've got a second whistleblower. This one they don't mind exposing for some reason. This is a second whistleblower. That's how he was introduced to us. A second whistleblower. Because the first one had some problems. So we got a second whistleblower. We know this guy's name. You'll understand. Oh, like you've never understood before. Why they don't really want to get into the whistleblower. Soon, soon, Wednesday night. Wait for it, Democrats. Um, But this is the attorney... Speaking to the uh, members of the select committee who are in the secret uh, hearings, 
And this is this is Lieutenant Colonel Vinman's, the second whistleblower's uh, attorney. Mr. Volkov says, uh, look, he came here. He came here. He tells you he's not the whistleblower. OK, he says he feels uncomfortable about it. Try and respect his feelings at this point. Well, we're uncomfortable impeaching the president. Excuse me. Excuse me. If you want to debate it, we can debate it. But what I'm telling you right now is that you have to protect the identity of a whistleblower. I get that there may be political overtones. You guys got to do what you have to do, but do not put this man in the middle of it. Now, this is the middle of this. We know the whistleblower's name on this one. It's on the record. Mr. Castor says, so how does it out anyone by saying that he had one other conversation than the one he had with George Kant? Okay, okay. What I'm telling you right now is we're not going to answer that question. If the chair wants us to hold him in contempt for protecting a whistleblower, God be with you. And you can go run out there and talk to the press about it and have a great time. But I'm telling you right, Mr. Castor says, you know, none of us is having a great time. Well, look, look, what I'm telling you is I've never seen any party, any party ever try to out a whistleblower in, in the same concerted way that is going on here. And it's not going to happen. We're just trying to find out if it's one person or five people. Look, I've been a prosecutor for 25 years, sir, okay? I handled confidential informants. I handled very risky situations. What these questions are designed to do, what you've already done, you don't need this. You don't need to go down this. And look, you guys can. I mean, if you want to ask, you can ask. You can ask questions about his conversations with Mr. Kent, but that's it. We're not answering any others. Mr. Selden, um, the only conversation we can speak to Colonel Vinman is about a conversation with Ambassador Kent. Correct. And you've already asked your questions about it. Oh, I don't think they're hostile <laughs> at all. I don't think the witnesses are now telling the prosecution what they can and cannot ask. Welcome to the uh, program. Glad you're here. Thank you for listening. We're getting you ready for the impeachment all this week. Um, you don't want to miss any of the shows at 5 o'clock this week on The Blaze. Um, tomorrow, we're really going to batten down the hatches on what to expect. Uh, we have Chris Stewart coming up in just a second. He has been in uh, these secret meetings. He can't tell us anything about it. Um, but he is going to be walking us through the impeachment uh, as the as the live uh, impeachment hearings begin to happen publicly. So he'll be here with us um, every day. We're going to talk to him coming up in just a second. There's a couple of things. The president, I guess, was taking on uh, Republicans this week and saying, no, no, wrong strategy. Don't say that, yes, you know, quid pro quo uh, happened, but it was justified. Mr. President, please, please. There, there, there is quid pro quo here. You were holding back, <clears throat> you know, the $400 million. Now, you gave it before they did anything. Mm -hmm. So I guess technically you're right, but it is your right as the president to say that, just as it was Joe Biden's right to say, I'm not giving you the money if you continue to investigate. Only one of those is in the national interest, and it's not Joe Biden. 
Hey, Joe, what happened to our $7 billion? I don't know, and I told him to stop investigating. <laughs> that's not, yeah. that, that's the wrong kind of quid pro quo. But that's very much, <clears throat> as Mick Mulvaney said in that press conference, it's, it happens all the time. Yes. We constantly hold back resources for, for outcomes that we want throughout the world. This is why we give foreign aid. It's not because we're nice. It is not because we're nice. It's not because we're friends with everyone. It's because we want specific outcomes around the world. This is we sometimes it's because of we think it's good for our security. Sometimes our son need you know drug money. Whatever the thing is, we're doing this stuff all the time. If the United States was giving money to Russia, to Russia, and we thought Russia had colluded with Donald Trump, would you have a problem with the government saying we cannot pay? Another dime to Mm -hmm. Russia in aid until we find out what happened during the election. Now, the only reason why you would say no to that is because you no longer believe in the system. Oh, who's going to ask that? The Democrats going to ask that? They're going to say they're going to put a stop to it. Well, we know that's just to to add, um, you know, uh, coercion just they're just they're just trying to they're just trying to beat them down into the ground so they'll get the facts that they want. That's not what the president was asking for. What right. the president was asking for was a very broad investigation. Now, if you don't like the president, you might read into it that the only thing he cared about was getting Joe Biden hurt in the political race. Right. And you can and you can guess about that, but you don't have that. And this is why I think the, the strategy is, is, a, is an interesting and potentially faulty one from the president, because I think he thinks, look, I'm not backing down. You know, if you go back to if you go to a, a really nice Trump hotel and you come out of that hotel and your friend sees you at the front and says, how was it? Was it a nice hotel? And you'd say, it's really, really nice. I mean, it's not the Mandarin Oriental, but I mean, it's it is one of the nicest hotels I've ever been in. That would piss Trump off to no end mm-hmm. because you're saying something's better than his hotel. He he would say, I mean. I mean, you go look at some of the, some of those properties back in the day, especially some of the ones in Atlantic City that had his name on it. Were not even nice hotels. Okay, that's not what they were. But his point, and he says this in the Art of the Deal. He said it was a very '80s sort of advertising tactic, Correct. which was never give it up. Domino's Pizza is the best pizza in the world. Period. Do not what pizza? What's some small place in New York City? What are the original Rays? What are you talking about? Domino's is the best pizza in America. That's why you should buy the pizza from us. And I think people over time that's evolved. People have become skeptical of advertising and messaging. And people say the Domino's thing worked really well when they said, "Look, our pizza kind of sucked before. We've made it better. It's it's not expensive. You can feed your whole family. It's a it good deal." It used to be. It used to work. Now it's a laugh line. Now yeah. it's kind of a quirk, you know, at best. When he says, oh, no, my hotels are the best, most luxurious, the biggest bathrooms, the, the most luxurious towels, you laugh about it. it hey, a, I've, stayed at Trump, I've stayed at Trump hotels. They are very good hotels, mm-hmm. very good. But even if they are the best towels, I, you know, I was just staying at a Trump hotel with my son recently. We went, to, we went to the hotel, and my son came out of the shower, and he had the towel wrapped around. And he said, Dad, 
these are the most luxurious towels <laughs> I've ever used. I mean, it's a joke. Yeah, right. It's a joke. It's an endearing joke. Sure. But when we're talking about this, when we're talking about high crimes and misdemeanors, play it straight, man. Right. Play it straight. Well, and I think, you know, he sees this as a retreat, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Yeah. He see, if you give up on this, like, like the quid pro quo thing, it's a retreat. But what it, I think it really is, is a lowering of the hurdle the Democrats have to clear. I agree. If they Remember, it's not Republicans that are going to make the decision on, as to whether this escalates into something bigger for the election or, and maybe conviction of the Senate, the although unlikely. It's going to be the, mid, the, middle of, the middle of people that are not necessarily paying perfectly close contention. Uh, attention and, and may if, not if you, be tr- and may not be trump supporters yeah. may not be democratic supporters right. they're just like i i don't really know i don't follow it and so it's going to be who what taste is left in their mouth right and you're saying all they what what this has been set up as is if they can prove it's a quid pro quo then he's guilty and should be impeached and if they can't then he shouldn't but it's like that is a it's obviously at some level a subjective thing. So you're looking at this and you're saying, well, I mean, yeah, okay, we have all these witnesses who are saying it was a quid pro quo. They were texting about it at the time. Some of these people are big-time donors to Donald Trump. They were not trying to get him thrown out of office by any means, but that was the understanding that they had. You have him on, 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 a, on a transcript saying not a specific legalistic quid pro quo, but suggesting money and, uh, and these investigations very close to each other. The, and you know the way the media is going to present this. With all that being said, is it the best defense to set up that very low hurdle? Because we all know quid pro quos okay. do happen. It's just so, a matter of is this one in the American interest or not. So here's the difference. Let me read this transcript two ways. First, I'll read it uh, the way the president would want you to read it. Mm-hmm. And then I'll read it the way the press wants you to read it. Sure. Now, this doesn't matter how it's read in a court of law. As long as these things happen and you have nothing else, you're fine. John Gotti's walking away because he said these things, unless you have something else. Mm-hmm. First, let me read it the way the press wants you to hear this. The president in the transcript, now this is an actual transcript from the questioning. The president in the transcript uses, you know, some words hedging from time to time. On page three, he says, whatever you can do. He ends the first paragraph on page three. You know, if that's possible. At the top of page four, if you could speak to him, that would be great. So, you know, whatever you can do. Again, at the top of page four, if you can look into it. It is reasonable, is it not, to conclude that those words of hedging for some, you know, lead people to conclude that the president wasn't trying to be demanding here? Oh, I think people... They hear what they want to, you know, as they already have preconceived notions. I'd also like to point your attention to whatever you can do. It's very important that you do it if that's possible. Yes. Thank you. On the witness stand. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I rest at if it's possible. Okay. That's the way they want you to hear this. They want you to hear this as he's John Gotti. And all he is is on the phone going, 
look, uh, you know, go ahead and uh, put that money in uh, the bank account. You know, only if it's good for you. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm just saying. If it's possible, whatever you can do. It's possible. I mean, it would help me out. But, you know, we all make our own decisions. So you do what you have to do. By the way, did I bring up, I know where your child goes to kindergarten. Right. You know, it's like, there's never a quid pro quo. I'm going to kill your your child if you don't put the money in the account. But these are just, they're qualifiers. They're legalistic qualifiers. You don't even have to say that. All you have to say is, ah, I hear your child, I hear your young daughter uh, just had a birthday yesterday, and and she's celebrating at school today. Ah, you got to love our daughters, huh? That's all you have right. to say. And it's not a threat. That's not. Well, that's a nice thing about a daughter. What are you talking right. about? So now you have to interpret that because you're in your movie head. Mm-hmm. So if you're in your movie head, you know exactly what that means. But if I called up Stu tomorrow and I said, hey, Stu, uh, hey, we got to get together tomorrow. Oh, by the way, I heard your daughter is having a birthday and they're celebrating at school. Man, don't you just love our daughters? Like that wouldn't be a threat at all. Totally fine. Exactly. Right. That's why this kind of stuff always thrown out. But this kind of stuff is not read like, wait a minute. The president in the transcript uses, you know, some words that are hedging from time to time. On page three, he says, whatever you can do. He ends paragraph three on, if that's possible. On the top of page four, he says, if you could speak to him, that would be great. Quote, so whatever you can do. Again, at the top of page four, if you can look into it. You know, isn't it reasonable to conclude that those words of hedging might, for some, you know, lead people to the conclusion that the president was not trying to be demanding here? Right. He's saying if it's possible, if you, right. could, if you can do it, if the facts follow that line, I would love to see it if it's, you know, what the truth is. That doesn't mean that you must do this for money. So here's the thing. Donald Trump either really meant it that way, mm-hmm. and we don't know for sure, but he really meant it that way, or he's John Gotti, and he was saying, you know, so if there's something you can do, you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. here? You got a lovely family, hate something that happened to your family, okay? But we don't know. That's another point where we're in a legal proceeding. We're assuming his ill intent. Exactly That's right. That's what the media is doing all the all time. All the time. So here's the thing. Mr. President, this is not a legal standard. This is the standard of what the press can make the the majority of people in America believe. And it is too easy for those people who are just coasting along, not paying attention, to go, oh, well, oh, well, I guess, I guess he did say that. And, well, they're saying that he's such a bad man. It was like a mob thing. No. Offense, Mr. President, not defense. Offense, offense, offense. Yeah, I did say that. Exactly the same thing that Joe Biden did. Except Joe Biden said, hey, that $7 billion that, you know, of U.S. aid money, don't look into that. Oh, uh, that uh, corporation with my son, don't look into that. What I said was, uh, yeah, look into that. We both said we're withholding money. He said withhold it to stop an investigation in the interest of American people. I said, I'm withholding the money because I don't trust your country with any more of our money. 
prove to me that you are a different kind of president. Investigate those things. And then we'll know we have a good partner. Amen, brother. That is an open and shut case to the American people if presented that way. This is the Glenn Beck program. I guess what I'm saying on the on the last break here is, Mr. Trump, please, you play to win. You don't play to tie the game. You're on the help me out, Stu. You're on Uh-oh. the one yard line. You're on the oh, one no. yard line. Here we go. You have the superior team. Mm-hmm. The other team is tired. Maybe a couple of their great guys have been taken out. You are dominant on the field right now. You're at the one-yard line. Why would you kick a field goal? Yeah, punch it in. Punch it in. It just- Jam it down their throat and make the touchdown to win. Yeah, I mean, because it's, I think it's being portrayed as it's some retreat, but it really just makes, it makes the task for the other side easier. You're giving them an incredible, another sports analogy, an incredibly low hurdle to clear. Right? Make it difficult. Make them prove that this is not in the national interest and you have evidence of it. And I just want you to know, it took me a second because I was like, hurdles, I know that's in track. Okay, okay, he switched sports on me. I did. Don't do that. I did. Well, well you, that's not. You could hurdle a player in, in football, too. <laughs> right, you, uh, it does you could. You could. Uh, but, yeah, <laughs> it, it, I just, uh, it, it doesn't seem like the right approach, but this is, you know, this is, I mean, he's, well down this road it's not just him i mean you know a lot of people on the republican side are down this road i just think that like your your sale here is that this was good for the country yeah like you did something good not that you didn't do something bad it's that you did something good that's offense as opposed to defense if you want to see how good the offense is make sure you're watching the uh, special on blaze tv on wednesday just join us at blaze tv slash glenn uh use the promo code gb20 off and save 20 percent off your subscription right now blaze tv it's wednesday night 8 p.m listening to glenn